0: turned into localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LJAN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment-related. I'm Lynn Molitor and joining me in the Quad today is Azure Mahara. Hello. Tim Yuma. Hi, everybody. And Carly Rubach. Hello. More thought-provoking topics that I think our listeners will be able to relate to today. Azure is going to start us off with the basics.
1: Well, thank you, Lynn. I wanted to talk about what we should not wear to an interview. Um, I know that in the past, I've walked past some of the interviews being conducted here or um, seen people leaving, you know, campus, if you will, going off to interviews and just kind of noticing their tire that they are wearing. And so I just kinda of wanna to touch on that, on some absolute no's that you should not wear to an interview. We hear a lot about what you should, what shouldn't you.
2: Where to begin? There's so <laughs> many <laughs> I guess I could just start with basics, like, you know, you you wanna be you know, they say overdress. You don't wanna Just go in there with jeans and if you're not sure, just, just overdress, you know. Um, so there, there's the clothing as far as what not to wear, but then there's also, you know, makeup, jewelry, that sort of thing. So just keeping it very clean. Um, make sure you've ironed your clothes, um, (laughs) don't be all wrinkly and tuck your shirt in. (laughs) So just, just take it a step further than you normally would perhaps put a tie on.
1: Yeah, that's good. I think you bring up a good point that even if, um, you're going for, um, a shipping and receiving job, or you're going for a job at the grocery store, or you're going for a job to work in an office, I think that either any of those examples that you should always overdress and still kind of look your Sunday best, if you will.
0: I think too, with, um, warmer weather climates. You do need to be careful too how much skin you choose to oh, yeah. show, because uh, that, you know, depending on who you're interviewing with, they may find mm-hmm. some of that not appropriate.
1: right.
3: I have that problem a lot actually in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I often tank tank tops. I would suggest not wearing those even if you uh, even if you've been to the gym plenty, I wouldn't suggest that. Um, you know, I, I sort of, you know, obviously you hear some of the basics idea, and not jeans, not t-shirts, that sort of thing. Uh, what I always find interesting, in some of the people I've talked to, is the idea that you obviously don't want to smell bad, but you do not want to be laying around the perfume or the cologne uh. because that can just trigger something. I mean, there is that that mental psychological component that, I mean, who knows? Maybe that smell just triggers something negative for some reason. You'd hate for that to be, you know, subconsciously, right? S- for some reason, that person's just like, well, it's not going to be a fit or. Whoa, dude, you have to right. really chill out on that stuff. <laughs> that's, that's what I'd be worried about more yeah. is that
1: the, your, the person interviewing you is just focusing on, oh my God, I can't can't deal with this strong smell right now. And they're focused on that instead of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also you want to, you know, going with the modesty thing, obviously. You want to <laughs> make sure you're modest, um, but not dressing too flashy, kind of what you were mm-hmm. saying, Carly, with the jewelry and everything, right. and just making sure... You can dress flamboyantly and flashy <laughs> outside of the interview, or maybe once you have the job and you kind of get a feel for the culture, but um, definitely play it safe when you go to to an interview with your jewelry, with your makeup choices, even with your nail color. Like if you paint your nails. Well, the, oh, yeah. No,
3: that's a good point because one of the guests that we've had on in the past mentioned that um, there's been studies that any little distraction can completely throw it off. So it, it could be a, a piece of jewelry, you know, it could be something on your, something with your makeup or your nails or even yeah, a flashy shirt. Um, because what they said is that typically the interviewer then just does not remember things about you because they're so focused on that one item and it, mm-hmm. it seems unfair, but it's just, it's human nature. I mean, it is what it is. So don't mm-hmm. put yourself in that spot.
0: So they're remembering things, but they're not remembering the right thing. Right? Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> they're just like, oh, look at that jewelry and their lip or something I mean, you know and not again not to be unfair but it's just you have to keep those things in mind
1: right and I, I think there's exceptions for it obviously depending on what kind of job you're going for if you are going for a really creative pr- position or and, fashion editor or mm-hmm. yeah something like that then obviously you know judge the situation but I think in general it's safe to say be modest mm-hmm. um, be conservative and try not to be too flashy when, when you're going for an interview.
2: Yeah, and it's only an hour of your life, so it shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and remember to smile. Put on those <laughs> yellow sneakers when you get out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so let's switch to our next topic uh, today, and I want to introduce it by saying why. You know, children <laughs> often ask this question, and I'm— Sure, they drive their parents crazy. Maybe, Tim, you can attest to that. Yeah, and it doesn't end. You can keep
3: answering and they keep asking why. I don't have an answer for that. anyway.
0: They're just trying to learn. (laughs) So how often do you as a worker, though, ask why of your managers? You know, again, not to question them, but as a way to learn. And I say why, but, you know, you can ask questions different ways as well. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think it's a good way to learn about how the processes came to be. Um, So you can maybe, if you're asking why about a certain process, you might learn, you know, why it happened, obviously. But there could have been a mistake made in the past or an oversight, and that's the reason, and that might help you to just understand it and feel better about going along with it. So it can provide clarity in situations, I think. But I feel like you also have to be... Um, careful in a way because you're saying you're you know ask why not to question them but you still have to approach it in the right way and make sure you're not right being confrontational and just saying you know I'm I'm just curious really and so I think there's the approach that's important too
1: yeah I think um, it, it's all it all depends on how you ask. The question why because I'm um, mm-hmm. kind of what Carly said he could come across as giving pushback so that that would right. be <laughs> the number one fear that I would have but um, I definitely see the the value in it because it helps you understand the process you understand why your boss is asking you to get this done. Um, so it can maybe help you deliver the the exact product that they need. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I- admittedly, I, uh, I've probably fallen into this category <laughs> quite a few times, not just here, but in general. And part of it is simple curiosity. I think I do have sort of, you know, that journalistic type, you know, curiosity. But, uh, you know, I think there are times for me, it's more so like the process. Like if there's a process of something, just I want to know why, because, you know, we all feel like, okay, we have certain things we like to do or want to do, or there's time consideration. So for me, it's sort of the idea, of, okay, just not that a manager has to justify something, but more kind of for my own peace of mind. And I, To the point that Carly and Azure brought up, Um, yes, it is how you sort of present it and how you ask it. And, uh, you know, we've been taking some of these personality uh, (laughs) assessments lately in in our workplace to sort of worry about communication. And the truth is I'm always a little bit more forward and blunt and I don't necessarily consider, how does this sound? It's just more like, so why are we doing this again? So... (laughs) I'll admit this isn't the best thing to ask me about because I, and I'm fine with people asking me why. I mean, it's completely fair to my mind, but I could see definitely where it looks as, as Azure said, pushback or some sort of, you know, it maybe seen as disrespectful to some people. And, and that's where that relationship between the manager and, and the other coworkers sort of comes into play there.
0: And I would suggest, too, sometimes, you know, like in the heat of the moment or the project or in a meeting, it may not be the right place to kind of ask for background, Mm -hmm. but, you know, especially when people are newer, I think – you know, they can talk to their managers like during a status meeting and say, hey, you know, at the meeting, you know, I was instructed to do this or everyone seemed on board with, you know, this direction but I don't have any of the background. You know, mm-hmm. why is that? So, but then on the flip side, as managers, I also encourage people to, you know, when they are working with the newer people and, you know, they're in their day and they're just kind of firing off, do this, do this, sometimes remember who you're talking to and say, oh, you don't realize why we do it this way. Let me give you some background. Mm-hmm. So I think there's two sides to it. I, yep. I think
3: you mentioned a good point there too, that whenever you're going to ask something like this, no matter how you do it, it's best to do it in a private setting because I don't think you want that public display. Even if you didn't mean anything by it, yeah. it might come across to a coworker or you know even someone who is you know, above you Um, In terms of, you know, a management position, you just don't want it to come off that way, even if you didn't mean it. Or if it's a private conversation, you're just not creating, you know, more issues that way. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, so Carly's topic actually reminds me of one of Bon Jovi's cover songs. (laughs) (laughs) You had a bad day.
2: So Carly. (laughs) Hold on. Um, You weren't expecting that intro? I really wasn't. (laughs) Um, so I recently had a bad day and (laughs) we all have them and it can really shake your confidence for that, you know, very specific time period, but you, you can't let it bring you down because obviously you have to continue to perform. But do you guys have any advice on how to get through that bad day and like recognize it, you know, recognize your mistakes, learn from it, but like move on. How do you, how do
1: you do that? I think what helps me when I'm having a bad day it's when I have a bad day it's usually because I have I have let myself down or let a coworker down or mm-hmm. something like that um or I just can't get anything done because I'm so busy those are like the number two reasons why I think that I have a bad day so in those circumstances I have to um sometimes just self reflect for a minute and just be like okay what can I do to you know make this better or um, focus on how tomorrow is going to be a better day. So if you feel like that day's already shot, don't carry it into tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just go home, take a bubble bath, I don't know, whatever <laughs> you do <doing laughs> online. That That's <sounds laughs> <And>, good. <laughs> and just kind of focus and know that when you come in tomorrow, no matter what happened the day before it's a new day you have to focus on, you know, keep going because it's not going to do anybody any good to just focus on anything bad that happened the day before or your stresses from yesterday, if you will. Mm -hmm. So obviously I would suggest, um,
0: putting in Bon Jovi's You Had a Bad Day (laughs) (laughs) into your CD player (laughs) on your way home. I think, you know, we all have them. So I think that's the thing to remind yourself about is everyone has a bad day. And as we were talking, sometimes your good day can like take a bad turn Uh. when you least expect it. (laughs) Um, I think, um, you know, I benefit from having someone at home that I can, um, you know, talk through things. Mm -hmm. And again, for those people at home. Just sit there and listen to us. (laughs) We don't need any comments. (laughs) We don't need any suggestions. Just listen to us and let us be on our way. Now, wait,
3: is this a a female to male thing that you're mentioning here? Because... Admittedly, you know, guys like to solve problems. That's sort of yeah. the issue, right? Okay. I'm just clarifying as the, uh, the sole male in this conversation. <laughs> but I'm with Lynn
1: on that. Sometimes
3: we just need you to listen. Right, yeah. And we know that. We still just don't follow through. We don't, don't need don't your solution.
0: Yeah. And if you don't live with someone, you know, I'm sure we all have friends. You know, mm-hmm. give a good friend a call. You know, again, someone who's just sitting there willing to listen and not offer any okay, words yeah. of advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Get it off your chest. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and, and to Azure's point, too, about, you know, making sure it doesn't carry over to the next day, I think a mistake that, you know, some people might make is you try to make up for that bad day or make up for that mistake. And to me, that just compounds it because now you're trying to work faster to, to make up for that or now you're trying to, to do something you're just not capable of, you know, whether it be a skill or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, I... I'm huge into sports, as as most of you should know probably by now. And, really, and baseball especially. <laughs> so, I mean, I draw off of that. You know, in, in baseball, you're it's a game designed to fail. You know, so you have an at bat, then you have to go in the field, and you have to perform. So it's you know to the point that we're talking about. And um, so for me, it is just more about. Accepting the fact that you're not perfect, you know, as we've all said, we have our bad days. You're going to make mistakes, um, but now just get back to what you're doing and just make sure you're staying within yourself. That's sort of a sports you know, axiom that um, to make sure that you're not trying to be someone you're not. You know, you're not trying to step on anyone's toes. You're not trying to do something you're just not able to at that time. And just realize that you have limits, you have faults, but you're there for a reason. Um you're not getting fired because you had a bad day. You know, sometimes people fret over that. I mean myself included like oh geez, I just really blew it. And, <laughs> um that kind of thing. But uh yeah, I mean I I think I think we're all on the same page with that. Just mm-hmm. just let it go. I mean you have to let it go. You want to learn from it of course, but uh it's going to happen. I mean it it's it's just going to happen. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I think a mistake that I make a lot is I want to, I like over-apologize when I should just, you know, acknowledge my mistake and move on instead of drawing more attention to it. Because Uh, if you like keep apologizing, then you're just like building it up and you just
0: need to. And it may not be, you may be harder on yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, the other person or people may not be happy, but it's like, yeah, just move on and show that you've learned from Mm -hmm. it. Because they they could very well be letting it go,
1: right? And you're, yeah. oh, Carly, you don't want to like, keep drawing the attention, <laughs> <laughs> to right? <it>. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that even if your your bad day didn't stem from you making a mistake, maybe it was just, just everything kind of came down on you at once. But I think that still kind of applies: is to just focus on the solution rather mm-hmm. than than the problem and kind of try to keep. Moving right. one foot in front of the
3: other. I think it's important that, you know, you, Carly talked about not keep bringing it up sort of thing. You, you just don't want it to come off as you then sound like you're going to be making an excuse for what happened. I mean, there are legitimate reasons stuff doesn't get done or a mistake happens, and that's fine. But I think there's a fine balance there. You, nobody wants to hear you go on about why it happened. Just, okay, it's done. Let's move forward, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think there is a fine line there.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Carly, Bon Jovi. <laughs> All right,
3: <I'll> <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's Bon Jovi? No. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Wait, Berlinda
0: to start singing. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> so let's end our show today with a different twist on the topic of feedback. So, uh, soliciting feedback from a team um, in in regards to change. So sometimes a manager they have to like come, you know, come storming into a, into your cube or into a, into a conference room. And, um, you know, they're just kind of basically laying it all on the table, telling you what, what you have to do, calling the shots. And then, you know, maybe they'll ask for feedback later on, whatever the topic is, you know, if it was a new direction, um, you know, what did you think of it? Or, you know, maybe they won't ask for feedback. So how do you react to, you know, managers? Should they ask for feedback from their teams? And um, as team members, do you, how do you feel about when when your managers come in and set direction without asking for input?
1: I think that uh, any... Any kind of change that you make, um, depending on the timeline that you have, I mean, the manager has to make that call because they might not have the time to get feedback from everybody because this is already how it's going to be. They know that now they have to implement the change. And I think that that's completely understandable to not ask for feedback. Um, However, I, I do also think that asking feedback from your team whether it be down the road after the change is implemented, as you suggested, or before whatever your timeline allows for, it, it, it's a good thing because you have many, you know, you have a lot of minds sitting there that might have different ideas to enhance this change or to make it, you know, a little bit better or something like that. So I think you're, not tapping into a good resource if you don't ask for some of the feedback. However, if you ask for the feedback and it's all <laughs> negative, then that kind of counters my point. But, um, but you know, I, I think that it's good to, to get feedback on um, just different processes or different things that they could improve on, maybe.
3: Well, and uh, Azure, as you said, you know, maybe you get negative feedback and that's, I think, the balance is... If you're going to ask for feedback, especially if it's before you make some sort of change, you need to be willing then to incorporate that in some way. Because if you ask for feedback and then nothing comes of it, mm-hmm. then then you're just losing the trust of whether it be your team or your coworkers. Um, so I mean, yes, it's important in a way, but to the point that as we also mentioned, time can be a factor. And um, you know, it's some of the media stuff I've done in the past. It's sort of the idea that. It's easier to do something and then apologize or adjust versus <laughs> ask for permission or get feedback ahead of time. Like sometimes you just, you just got to do it and then you deal with the consequences, whatever they might be, because they're not going to be that bad one way or the other. But, um, you know, from a non-manager position for myself... There have been plenty of times where I don't feel like I'm on board with something, you know, and it, because it's look, this is the direct, this is the direction we're going, this is the initiative we're taking, and I may not like it, and I may ask those questions, why, and mm-hmm. I may think, well, this was a bad day because I don't want to go here. <laughs> um, but what were you wearing? It, <laughs> let's see, no, um, but you know, in that position, as again, as a person, maybe they're asking for feedback or they're just saying, like, this is the way we're going. It's important then to understand you're part of a team. That okay. This is where we're this is where we're going. I'm going to put my best effort into it, um, and then we'll we'll go from there, and then we'll maybe we'll get feedback there. So I think as long as in some way the team is being incorporated, even if it's after the fact, uh, I don't think there's really an issue there. But. I think it's just important that everyone feels they're working together, feels they're on the same team, and um, that there's no sort of, you know, behind the back stuff going on um, from either way. Because I think trust is such a huge thing, especially in in today's workplace.
1: Do you think that when you ask for feedback from your team, that it also helps them take ownership of the change? Mm -hmm. Does they feel like they are part of it?
0: Well, and then I think also they may under, it may give you then the opportunity again, once things are calm, um, the opportunity to ask questions that maybe they'd better understand the change.
2: Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it depends on
2: what what's being discussed, what the process is or what the project is. If your team's already very involved in it, they would very much appreciate to be involved in any changes being made. But if it's, you know, just something that, we've all been going along with and i don't know i think it just depends what it is we expect our managers to make changes and make decisions but just look at that project closely and if it's something that people are very invested in i think the team would appreciate to be involved in changes
0: i know and um when i had a team years ago like one of the examples I, I can think of is we actually had a 37 and a half hour work week And then um, it was changed to be, it was a 40-hour work week. So, I mean, we didn't get a change in pay or anything. And, again, we were always expected to work 40 hours or more Mm -hmm. anyways, Um, but it was then a formal, it was like, okay, 37 and a half isn't the minimum, uh, you know, for those people who just chose to work the the minimum. (laughs) Uh, So we went to a 40. And obviously, there were mixed reactions. And I had mixed reactions to it as well. So, um, you know, those corporate type policies, I always chose to address it with the team. You know, and I was honest with them. You know, it's like, I can't you know, I can't make any changes to this. But you know, let's just talk about it as a group. Let, you know, I will I will try and help you understand why the change was made. And then I would take I did take the feedback then of my team to to my director above me. And again, I knew she couldn't do anything about it, but I thought it was important to get what the pulse of of the workers were. You know, and I think it was, again, it was all in the way you approach it, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, and it wasn't like, uh, you know, I didn't like go running in there, you know, the next day. It was like, okay, when we had our next team meeting, you
1: know, let's talk about it. What else is going on? And yeah. And I think, Lynn, you, you have a, a, a good point because if as the manager, you say, you know, right now we don't really have room for discussion on this. This just has to be the change that's going on. Um, but we will uh, we'll gather feedback later and, you know, just kind of let the team know that you know that they might have some comments, but right now is not the time and the place. I mean, something as simple as doing that could, could really help the team mm-hmm. just kind of work a little bit smoother.
0: All right, well, I think we're I think we're done for today. <laughs> Any parting words, anyone?
1: Well, I hope <laughs> I hope everyone has a good day today. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, and I probably will be asking why at some point. And just so I, you know, And I
1: I'll want th- I want
2: John Bon Jovi
0: to
3: play us out. <laughs> <laughs> Is that
2: possible? Yeah, yeah
3: that's I'll, true. I'll talk to John see if he can have that. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> if you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LGN Radio Quad send a message to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Oh, oh, just a minute. I think my day just took a turn for the worst. I actually have to apologize to both Bon Jovi and Daniel Powder. I was actually thinking of Bon Jovi's Have a Nice Day, a song that has gotten me through many unexpected bad days. Daniel Powder's song Bad Day includes the popular lyrics "'Cause you had a bad day." So here's hoping you have a much better day than the one I'm having today. For Azure Mahara, Tim Yuma, and Carly Ruback, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening.